Hello, and welcome to the Lake Forest Church Huntersville Sermon Podcast. We are a community of skeptics, spiritual explorers, and longtime followers of Christ. To learn more about who we are as a church and how you can get connected, visit lakeforest.org. Thank you, Matt. So appreciate you being here. Matt was you guys' favorite blues artist the last time we did our series, Hope in a House of Blues, where we do a mashup of blues. Man, the blues is worship. A third of the Psalms in the Bible, I bet you didn't know this, Matt, a third of the Psalms in the Bible, like their songs and prayers, they're blues. Thank you for modern day blues. I didn't even need to hear the words in your song. That last guitar is singing the 2020 blues. Is that the 2020 blues? That's what it feels like. You need to rename that song 2020 Blues or write a 2020 Blues song. Will you please come back when everything's normal, we're chewing vaccine gum, and we can have our Blues series again? Okay. Thank you so much. Hey, we're, we're in this series, Back to Life. We're trying to control the things we can control while leaving to God the things we cannot control and get back to a little bit of life in important areas of our lives. And blues music, music, uh, we just wanted to gift you with a bit of live performance, whether you're at home or here. And, And honestly, that little guitar thing he was just doing is how I feel about 2020. And I just visited with a bunch of you on your way in, and many of you worshiping at home. I've talked with you, and um, I'm feeling it. It's a lot going on. And I want to tell you, as your pastor, God loves you. You're not alone. Lean into the love of the Heavenly Father, who loves you so much. And just, if it's okay to say it personally, as your pastor, I love you too. And so you got somebody. Reach out to me. Please don't be alone in this period if that's how you're feeling. It's been my privilege and honor to meet with more of you weekly than normally in this time. I've got time for you. Please reach out. And even if I just sit with you and say, hey, God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. Well, today is the last week. uh, No, it's not the last week of our series, Back to Life. And today we're talking about getting back to life regarding our mental and emotional health. Because God cares immensely about this part of our lives. And I first want to frame it in the book of Nehemiah. That's our framework, our biblical framework for this series. Um, and, and then I'm going to invite a friend up uh, to knowledgeify us about our mental and emotional health. And so if you want to turn to Nehemiah chapter 4, Nehemiah is the book of the Bible we're framing this Back to Life series because Nehemiah is the 4th century before Christ. And the people of God, who are the Israelites at this point in history, they know and love God and they're supposed to spread his knowledge and love to the world. The people of God, though, are broken down. Their city is broken down. They've been uh, uh, they've been destroyed, they've been defeated, and they're in a hard time, and they need to get back to life. And Nehemiah is a leader who helps lead them back to life. And they're now rebuilding the city of Jerusalem. But as they tried to get back to life in their lives and as, as the people of God, they faced persistent resistance. 
And there are three nearby rulers opposing the rebuilding of Jerusalem in Nehemiah's time for God's people. And they're named here. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 10 is where we'll start. Let's do this real quickly. You ready? We're going to go fast. Nehemiah 2, verse 10. But when Sanballat the Horonite, Tobiah the Ammonite official, and Geshem the Arab heard somebody had come to promote the welfare of the Israelites, they mocked and ridiculed us. Now, I want to note this. Uh, It's important to note that the science of archaeology has uncovered reference to each of these three ancient leaders, non-Israelite leaders' names, and their rulership in their specific areas mentioned here. One was in the area of Samaria. One was in the Jordan River Valley. One was on the very edge of the Arabian Desert, and they are archaeologically attested to in history. You can trust your Bible, friends. This is a historical book. And these are uh, actual people enemies of God's people trying to get back to life. The enemies I want to talk about for you and I today opposing God's people are mental and emotional. It's our inner voice. What did it say? They mocked and ridiculed Nehemiah and the people. I think it's more our inner voice that can turn enemy and mock and ridicule us for ways we're struggling emotionally right now, for ways we're struggling mentally during this pandemic racial tension, an intense political season. Maybe it's the self-critical self-talk that says, man, you stink as a combo mother, employee, uh, and home teacher online. You stink at this. Maybe, maybe that's an enemy for you. For me, it's when, when I'm mocked and ridiculed, my self-talk sounds like, man, you suck. You did that again. Do you ever get it right? Just give up. And that's just my self-talk on the golf course. Nehemiah dealt with mockery and ridicule outside from external people and inside because he's a man like you and me, even though he's a man of God. Verse 20 of Nehemiah 2. What did Nehemiah do? He said, I answered them, saying, the God of heaven will give us success. So he answers with confidence in God. Friends, have confidence in God during this time. And then he says, we're going to start rebuilding. He gets and does something. You can speak to your enemies confidence in God from God's word, and if you're new to the Christian faith, if you're a spiritual explorer and you don't know yet, I don't know if I'm a Christian or what, start learning the Bible and you can speak, God is worth your confidence, and you can speak confidence in God to your enemies, your negative self-talk that's mocking and ridiculing you. And then he does something, he starts to rebuild. Uh, Chapter 4, verse 1, Sanballat ridiculed the Jews. What are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall and bring the stones back to life? Even a fox climbing up on it would break down their wall of stones. Anybody have that negative interior self-talk going on? Right? You can't change. You can't do anything right. You're stuck in this pandemic. You're stuck in this situation. You have no power. The nation is like going crazy, and you're just stuck. Don't even try to be healthy during this time. You'll just fail anyway. Like the fox walks on that wall, it's going to be torn down. Verse 4, Nehemiah 4. Hear us, O God, for we are despised. Nehemiah talks to God about his opposition. He keeps facing in God's direction. Friends, do not grow weary in talking to God about the opposition, about the blues, the 2020 blues that you are experiencing along with the rest of us. Keep facing in God's direction, relating to God personally. As you're hearing these internal voices of mock and ridicule, why can't I control myself better? 
in this part of my life. I must be a terrible Christian if I'm struggling like this. Keep facing God and talking to him about it. Verse 8. They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble. So Nehemiah's enemies now start a plan to oppose the rebuilding physically. The threat is specific. What does Nehemiah do? Verse 9. We prayed to our God. Get it? Nehemiah always talks to God first. Lift it up to God the Heavenly Father. But then what does he do? And I posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. He prays to God and then he does something in the real world. Faith is not just about something in your brain talking to God. It's about then taking a practical step towards spiritual, mental, emotional health. That's what he did. And he, uh, verse, where does he post a guard? Verse 13. Therefore I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places. Check that out. You see that? we got some exposed places in each of our lives. It's different for each of us. The stress points, the weak points in each of our lives, mentally, emotionally, morally, are being exposed right now by the intense pressure that we're under, by the blues that we are each facing, including you teenagers. I just talked to a few of you who are doing online school or combo. That's difficult. You're missing your friends. And there may be some weak places or some low places in your wall that are being exposed. And this is where Nehemiah sets up the guard. Not at the high places of the wall. Hey, this part of my life is awesome. I'm just going to keep going with that. He acknowledges the weak places in the wall and sets up a guard there. So we talk to God, you and me, and then we set a guard. A guard for you and me is a strategy or a person who's an ally or an action or a new rhythm in this part of our life and we keep it guarded when God reveals a low place in our wall. Verse 14, Nehemiah said, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who's great and awesome and fight. Again, Nehemiah, like he's such a practical leader. He's just getting stuff done. He's building a city. But at every step he stops and claims the greatness of God so that he has courage. He has confidence, not in himself, but in how great God is. Verse 16. From that day on, half of my men did the work, while the other half were equipped with spears, shields, bows, and armor. By the way, if you look in chapter 2 and 3 of Nehemiah, you'll see that it was men, women, and children who were building these walls together. But as was their custom, he would speak of the men here in that culture. we got to get back to life. Building good things into our lives and through our life to others. At home, at work, in ministry, dating life, hobbies, school. But we need to stay on guard against the enemies and the, of our self-talk of ridicule and mocking and of the weak places, the low places in our wall where the evil one or sin or unproductivity would want to seep into our life and sap our vitality. And so that's what we're going to talk about for a few more minutes. But check it out. Chapter 6, I'm going to skip ahead and tell you the end of the story. Chapter 6, verse 15. So the wall was completed on the 25th of Elul uh, in 52 days. When all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence. The enemies went away because they realized this had been done with the help of our God. Y'all? The entire walls of the city of Jerusalem, which you probably have a picture in your head of that, 
They were rebuilt in 52 days. I just want to tell you, back to me, back to me. You can change big things in your life in relatively short periods of time with intense focus on the power and love of God and naming the low places in the walls in your life and bringing in an ally or two and changing your practices in accordance with God's will. The way they built this wall in 52 days, you and I, with the help of God, just like Nehemiah, can do that as well. As long as we can say, our God helped us do it. And if you're exploring the Christian faith, I hope even today, would you just try on this phrase from Nehemiah and just say, our God. Like, let him, you may not know God very well yet. Just, like, come along with me and let it be, well, me and Pastor Mike's God. I'm talking to you. Just let me lend you a bit of my faith because this is a time when you can get to know God and you can say, you can look back on 2020 and say, our God helped me in this time. Well, hey, I'm going to go over here and introduce you to a good friend of mine. Hey, this is Palmer Trice. Can you all say hi to him, please? <laughs> Those of you at home, would you please say hi to Palmer? I, I, I want you to like, you all need to do the same stuff, okay? Say hi, like out loud verbally, everybody in your house. You ready? Hi, Palmer. Okay, they helped you out here in the room. Hey, this is Palmer. Hey, man, thank you so much for being here today. Um, Palmer is the founder and longtime uh, president of the Barnabas Center, which is probably the longest serving and one of the largest Christian counseling uh, centers in Charlotte. Uh, founded it in 1989? Right. Wow. Um, and uh, so he, he founded that prior to that. He was on staff with Young Life. He and I share that in common. That means you're relatively funny. Um, but Palmer and I both were not funny enough to be on Young Life staff for our career, so we had to become Presbyterian ministers. Exactly. He's an ordained Presbyterian pastor. <laughs> it's true. He, it's true. Uh, he's married to Lynn, has three children, and uh, enjoys golf. We've, we've hit the links a little bit. Uh, tennis, walking, and reading. More importantly... I introduced Palmer as the reason I'm not in the soup kitchen line uh, and sleeping on the streets because he's my personal counselor and therapist. And there was a time in my life, a little over a decade now, when the weak place in the walls, right? Nehemiah, guys, stay linked into Nehemiah chapter 4. The weak place in my wall became evident. It was broken down. And I was battling an enemy. Palmer uh, was one of the chief allies who came alongside me as my counselor during that time. Because you can't, you, we can talk to God and the power of God, but generally God mediates his power of healing through other people. Thank you for being one of those for me. You're welcome. Um, Palmer, um, how are you doing during 2020? Not just the pandemic, but all of the stuff. How are you doing? How soon is it 2021? Yeah. <laughs> this will be the year we will remember, right? It will be. Like, there probably will be songs like tw mm -hmm. blue, 2020 Blues. Right. Matt's going to write it. I, I think he will. To. Yeah. And I'm going to, hopefully he'll, he'll allow me in on co-writing just for the title. There you go. <laughs> um, like, how's, 
how's the, how would you describe uh, what the general mental and emotional, how this is, all of this is affecting just normal people, even if we're not like full on uh, in despair? How is all this affecting you, and how would you say that relates to most people? Yeah, I think this has been a really, really hard season for everyone. And part of what's made it particularly difficult is that it's, um, it's kind of vague. There is something around us. The world has changed, and yet we wake up in the morning and it looks the same. Yeah. But we live with a sense of uncertainty in all kinds of areas. Um, in some ways, everything has changed, and in some ways, much remains the same. And there's no end in sight. So the ability to be with people, to hug people, to um, have conversation where I'm not fearful of being too close or uh, talking through a mask, um, where I'm not only scared that I'm going to get the uh, virus, I'm, gonna, I'm afraid I might give it and I don't even know that I have it. I mean, everything is up, up, up in the air. Angie and I visited with her parents for the first time yesterday. They're the assisted living facility that they're in, or, or uh, they're not in assisted living yet, but just now allowed us to be outside and visit with her parents. And the whole time, I, I, it was great to visit with them, but I was fearful. Like, what if at the right. gas station I just contracted the deal and I'm spreading a death sentence to my in-laws? Yeah, I, I mean, that's a real thought. Right. That's actually happening, isn't it? Yeah, there, and there's a phrase that I heard uh, coined called caution fatigue. Caution fatigue. That I'm just weary huh. of having to be cautious. Wow. Palmer, that's so in the text of the book of Nehemiah. The people of God, because of these enemies to their soul and to their physical health, mm -hmm. uh, they had to be on alert day and night. And uh, caution fatigue is a, well, that's a helpful. What is caution fatigue? We all, we're like, no, I see a lot of heads nodding. Oh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> what toll does that take on us to have caution fatigue? Because it's not going to end anytime soon. Yeah, it, 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 I think there is a, a low-grade stress. For some of us, it's extremely stressful, right? If we've lost our job or financially we're in trouble or we or someone near, near to us is sick. But for many of us, um, there's this low-grade low grade ongoing it's like the um what's the phrase that uh if you if you put the frog in the oh, yeah. pan and turn it turn it up slowly uh you the frog doesn't jump out um or it boils to death yeah uh, there's uh people people are living with that and it wears over time and produces a stress that is um it's going to come out somewhere if we don't acknowledge it. And unlike the frog in the kettle, we can't jump out. We don't even right. have, even, we know we're in it. Right. And we cannot jump. Most people I know are acknowledging it. Some are not. And when you and I spoke, uh, I think part of your heart to say to people is that it, it's okay to acknowledge. And it's actually not okay. It's important to acknowledge, friends. Life is harder than it was seven months ago. It just is. Why does it matter for each of us to own that and just acknowledge that? Well, before we jump there, there's a, there's a subtle pressure I think we often put on ourselves that, okay, I've been in this thing for months. I should be 
used to it now yeah. and have new rhythm and new expectations. And that just doesn't happen for most of us. And, and did you resonate with what I said earlier? I'm struggling with self-talk to blame myself as a failure right. that I'm not perfectly dealing with all this unprecedented pressure. Right. Yeah. I, I struggle. I mean, it, it comes out sideways for me when I'm more irritable with my wife or my friends. Um, I wake up in the morning and have less get up and go than I used to have and kind of beat myself up because I'm not taking hold of life. Yeah, um, I relate to that. Uh, the way I used to. And then I continue to struggle to find the right rhythms to put in place that makes um, my world work better. Hmm. What, um, you just said that if we don't acknowledge the extra level of stress and trouble and opposition we're enduring, including from ourselves, our self-blame, that it, if we don't acknowledge it and deal with it in a healthy way, which we'll get to that in a moment, it's going to come out. And I think, did you just use the word sideways? It's going to come out sideways if we don't deal with it front and center. Right. What are ways that our stress right now that we're feeling mentally and emotionally, I'm, I'm combining those two things, mm -hmm. uh, what are ways that they can come out sideways well, I mean, the first place I'm aware of it personally is I, I, I thought I was doing fine and I jump on somebody. I'm, I'm just more irritable. You were pretty rude to me this morning, frankly. I, well. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so so the, there are ways it comes out like that. Palmer, See, like you really are funny, Mike. I, you really are funny. I mean, yeah, but not an, only not, once every five minutes there yeah. were, <laughs> so it's not young life level funny it is uh, not. just presbyterian pastor level funny there you go <laughs> i just like to mess around when i'm talking with our people so right. just so it comes out sideways in little ways like that it can come out in terms of um i sleep funny um i have more dreams uh it can come out mm. in that i feel um, more anxious or or have feelings of depression, particularly for those of us that are in, have that inclination to feel more depressed, mm -hmm. um, the stress will trigger that. Um, the same thing would be true for um, anxiety. If we're prone to be anxious, and some of us are more than others, um, the, the stress, the strain is going to um, ramp that up. Huh. And even for people that deal with various kinds of addictions, even if you've had success dealing with those addictions in the past, yeah. the new stress is going to push you to go back to deal with stress the way you know how to. Hmm. Uh, as you described to me in my counseling with you a, a decade ago, uh, once water gets in your basement right. and you've sealed it up and you fix that, the next time it's trying to get in your basement, it tries to get in through the same way, yep. the same crack. And that's, that's the low point in the wall that we're talking about in Nehemiah 4 that needs extra guard rails. Let me, um, folks who are worshiping with us today, whether you're a, a follower of Jesus Christ or you're a spiritual explorer, the fact that you're worshiping with us means that you are willing to be reflective as a human being about your state as a person and about who God is and the nature of reality. So that's, a, that's an extra step of being self-aware right? Uh, and not just... Uh, uh, and, and so... When you say um, it's okay to, we, it's important to acknowledge life is harder than it was, had, other than in my head right now going, yeah, life's harder than it was, what's, what's a way I can actually know that I'm acknowledging life is harder than, I, than it was? Uh, you have to put words to it. Okay. Um, I think 
it helps me to put words. I, I journal some. Um, in the words of a friend of mine, my journal could be entitled "My Almost for His Highest," um, <laughs> because it's it's okay. that that level of sophistication. Insider joke for evangelical Christians. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it it's it's not much of a journal, but it helps me in the morning to say, "How am I today?" Uh, and I need to ask myself that question because I tend to just try to power through life. And then it helps me to put words to that with someone or someones, whether it's my wife or my friends or people that I work with, mm -hmm. to, to put it out there in a sense normalizing it because other people are feeling the same yeah. way that I do. Grade schoolers, teenagers, this is a time in life for you to learn how to put words to uh, the way this, that life is harder for you right now than it used to be. This is a really good time for you to groove the habit to a parent, uh, a grandparent. Uh, tell them what's harder in your life right now. Single adults is super important for you to find an ally to do that with. Um, you, you've mentioned a, 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 we're aware, and, and I hope everyone is naming what's the low place in your wall, emotionally, mentally. Nehemiah named it, and then he went and put up something concrete. He put a guard there. Um, what are some healthy, some ways to cope well with the stress of the pandemic, racial strife, and a, a, a crazy political season, which we're going to address the next three weeks? Um, I, think, I, 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 think, I think of putting, putting structure into your life. Um, that there's a tendency to lose the discipline because you lose the routine. Yeah. And so things like um, having a time where I check in with God and have a conversation with Him, th times where I purposefully call friends or my wife and I sit down and ask, how are you? Yeah. Which we wouldn't necessarily need to do in the midst of a world that's running fast. Um, probably would be healthy for us to. But to put structure, it's, it's a helpful thing to go to bed at the same time, to not watch more television, to um, be careful, acknowledge whether you're a sweet or salty person and keep less of whatever it is that's dangerous. <laughs> Honey, you have my permission to throw out the chips right now before I get go. home. The good uh, news I'm for, a salty, I'm salty. Well, I'm sweet and Lynn's salty, so that helps <laughs> us do the dance. Um, okay, this is really important because this is how God made us is with structure. Do you remember like the whole Bible starts one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one, two, three. Like the whole world is structured. The heavens, the bodies in space move according to a structure and a rhythm. We're made this way. Right. The plant life, animals, the seasons, and we're meant to have structure. I was with a young friend here at Lake Forest this week. He's a little disoriented. He graduated from college and all of a sudden doesn't have hundreds of people his age hanging around. Right. Right. And, and we talked about structuring once a week. I'm going to reach out to one friend and say, let's go do something. Is that the kind of thing you're talking about? Exactly. Yeah. And, and even though we're often talking about the same thing when we check in with people, it's really helpful because people are feeling more isolated. Mm -hmm. So some of it is I want people to check in with me but it helps me to build a routine of checking in with other people because we're all feeling more separate. Because in, in the end, we're, we're called to love God by, and the primary way to do that is by loving other people. Right. And we can 
we can all be on offense of loving others during this time. Every per- hey, every person you know, including me, <laughs> is having a harder time in life right now and wants to be checked in with. And so that's a, that, like, you could just say your ministry right now is the ministry of checking in with people in your life, including your children, mm-hmm. including your teenagers, just a ministry of checking in. Would that, is that something we could invent during 2020? It would be good to continue it into 2021, too. Uh, probably so, to maybe be our normal deal. Um, so, you shared with me that um, God's perspective, and this is where you started when I just asked you, what are healthy ways to cope with the stress we're under? And I appreciate, Palmer, this is why you're a Christ-centered counselor. You're a counselor par excellence. But you're, you point people to Jesus and the healing of the gospel first and foremost. And that's what we want to do here at Lake Forest. We care about your mental and emotional health. In the end, I want to point you to Jesus because he's your, your best hope, your last hope. Jesus as the God-man, as our Savior, as our older brother in the faith. The God become man to save us from suffering, sin, and death. To befriend us with the presence of God through the Holy Spirit in this life and invite us to be in his uh, place of the new heavens and the new earth after this life. So, Palmer, you started there with healthy practices, which is sort of, I think as you said it to me uh, this week when we spoke, having God's perspective on this, something like that. Where, how would you point us that direction? Yeah, let me give a, a big macro and then a micro example. Um, in, in Romans 5, Paul writes this. He says, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. We, we glory in our sufferings. We glory in our sufferings. Hmm. And uh, at some level, we're all suffering. Um, and he says, here's why we glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. And we all experience that being built up in us, right, as we endure this. Perseverance, character and character hope. So uh, God wants to use this suffering to grow us and deepen us to make us more like him, to make us more loving, to make us more patient, to make us even better um, at saying we're sorry when we get irritable, um, that we can become more loving men and women. Uh, and, And in that, our character can change. And in that change, we realize, in a sense, the hope of the gospel that uh, God is at work in us and using us. Um, and so that just that turning my head to look and go, okay, God, what are you doing in me through this? Um, I want you to grow me and change me and make me a more loving man. Um, and then the second smaller thing that I, that's been significant for me, the familiar verse um, in Philippians 4, okay. where Paul says, be anxious for, for nothing, which can make you feel guilty because we're all feeling anxious at times. Um, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And uh, that whole sense of, okay, God, I'm anxious, but I want to bring it to you. Rather than beating myself up, the self-talk that you were alluding to earlier, can I take this anxiety and use it as an opportunity for it to take me to God 
and have him, the next verse says, and the peace of God which passes all understanding. Somehow God meets us if we'll turn our eyes to him authentically with this is what's going on in me. And that's a micro example of that larger truth from uh, Romans where God really wants to grow us. He wants to make us better men and women uh, through this season. And to do that, we first have to acknowledge this is a suffering. Right. We are all suffering. And what you just said is so powerful that Philippians 4 verse can be self-defeating. Right. Oh, God, thanks for telling me not to be anxious. Mm -hmm. I already am. So I guess I stink. But actually, it's here's how not to be anxious. Right. To speak it to God. And you can use your football words because the psalmists do sometimes. Uh, football coach type language. Uh, and, and speak it to him and give it to him, and he will replace that with right. a peace that passes understanding. It, it was really, it's really helpful for me to hear you couch it. I have not used that word, Palmer. And it's helpful for me, and I hope it's helpful for you, my friends, to think of that the stress we're under is suffering. And Romans 5 speaks to how God can use suffering in our lives if we stay humble uh, and devoted to him. Mm, wow. Um, thank you for that. Is there any, um, I'd love to sit here and talk uh, a, a super long time with you, with my friends and on the conversation, because this is so helpful. Uh, we probably should have done a Q&A today, but, uh, but we won't. Um, actually, can we do a Q&A? Maybe. We'll see. They'll tell me if we can or not. Um, if you can hang around for a couple minutes after sure. the benediction, we'll do a little, we'll sit on the front of the stage here and do sure. a little Q&A you guys because we haven't done that in a month or so and you guys here in person yes we can do that you guys here in person it's okay to leave like when I say hey go in peace and at home but if you'd like to stick around we'll do just about five seven minutes of Q&A okay. if people want to insert questions now in the live stream or Facebook or if you guys here want to shout out a question uh, we'll try to understand you with your mask on um, Palmer do, do you have um, oh I know what you did that, like, this was super good for me this week. You pointed me to a verse in Ecclesiastes and reminded me it's one of my favorite teachings in the Bible because it's easy to do. Do you right. remember what that was? Yeah, there, um, I, because Ecclesiastes can be such a, um, it's a book that describes how hard life can be. Yeah. Uh, and the search for meaning in life, in life when it's hard. Um, I, I read that and spent some time in it for the last several months, and it really does describe what's really hard in life. But the, the writer keeps coming back to um, being grateful for the small things in life, mm -hmm. enjoying them, um, uh, acknowledging God thanks for food and drink and friendships and marriage and meaningful work. He just kind of says that's what blesses God and is a good life. Enjoy the food you eat, the drink you're drinking, while you're feasting with friends and family, and, and just be thankful for your work. Um, let's pray. Uh, first of all, would you guys thank Palmer for being here, please, and at home. And let me, let me pray as the worship team uh, comes out. Uh, Heavenly Father, you're so good. Um, thank you for the example of Nehemiah and God's people in the 4th century B.C., that they saw that they needed more of life and they did two things. They talked to you about it, and they got and they did some stuff <laughs> uh, that you revealed to them. 
Lord, you've revealed to each of us. Anybody here listening today has been reflective about our own life and our mental and emotional health during this time. You've probably revealed to each of us a weak place in our wall. And you've spoken to us. You've given us a mental picture of an ally that we can reach out to or an action that we can put in our regular schedule to guard that place in our wall. Lord, we now tell you that we hear you speaking to us. And in the power of the Holy Spirit, we will take a step forward and get back to more of life in this part of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.